Welcome to MIND, Lignite Energy in America. We are pro-energy and pro-coal from our own resources right here in North Dakota. This episode of today's podcast is brought to you by the Lignite Energy Council of North Dakota. Lignite-generated electricity is abundant, low-cost, reliable, and environmentally compatible. to the podcast today. We are so excited to have you listening. Um, We have a a great show for you guys today. Really, really excited about the guests that we have on on our show. So quick introduction of myself uh, for our new listeners. My name is Kate Magarud and uh, the Lignite Energy Council and myself are working on this great podcast. Um, They are so graciously supporting my efforts and moving this podcast forward. So the purpose of kind of why I wanted to do this podcast was I really, um, I'm a North Dakota girl, born and raised, um, spent time in Minnesota, Texas, kind of all over. And and I realized how important um, Lignite and energy and all these topics are to our world today. And I just knew that at some point I wasn't as well educated or well versed um, in in the lignite field as I wanted to be. And I, I know just from growing up it was and it is such a valuable resource, especially to to us in North Dakota, but not only North Dakota, but across the country. And I remember going to field trips um, to the coal mines and kind of learning about the, the Lignite Energy Council and what Lignite was when I was younger. And so as an adult, I really wanted to dig into it and kind of see um, what what Lignite is doing for us and what kind of energy resource it is for us. So uh, again, Lignite Energy Council so graciously approached um, the idea or took the, the idea I had and decided that they would support me in it. So I'm really excited and to be working with them. So welcome to our new listeners. Happy to have you here. Um, today's episode, you guys, this is going to be such a good episode because it's so fundamentally basic. And so for our new listeners, this is something that I will always probably refer back to on this episode. Um, today's episode, lignite versus other coal, um, and really kind of why lignite, what makes lignite different from any other coal. And so, again, that'll be such um, – there'll be so many things that we talk about today that will give really great talking points and information onto uh, lignite and its use as a as an energy resource for us. And I'm super, super excited because I have um, the Lignite Energy Council president and CEO, Jason Borer, with me today, too, on the call. And so, Jason, happy to have you on the call and happy to have you on our podcast. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me on. This will be a great show. Absolutely. Um, Jason, you've been with the LEC for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, it's uh, just just turned over my sixth year here, so it's it's been a great six years. It's a great place to work, great industry to be engaged in. Yeah, absolutely. And in North Dakota too, it's it's a great place to be, especially with with energy in North Dakota, isn't it? Oh yeah. You know, I went to NDSU, so I was uh, back at NDSU oh, yeah. over in the early '90s, and mm-hmm. took me a little bit of time to get back into North Dakota, but it it was great. To, glad to be back here, and got a lot of family know. and friends still here, so it's it, it's a great place, as you say, for energy. But yeah. uh, it's a good place for the coal industry too. Absolutely. 
So great. Well, Jason, I really wanted to, one of the main purposes of this first, you know, uh, subject, the lignite versus other coal, I haven't done a podcast on this one yet. And I thought it was such a important um, topic to touch on just because it's so basic. Yeah, it's one of the first questions that anybody will ask themselves when you talk about what is the Lignite Energy Council? What do you guys do? You know, mm-hmm. they, they understand the word coal, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't understand what lignite is. Um, yeah. And lignite is a form of coal, obviously, but it's different mm-hmm. enough from what people are used to when they think of coal um, that we spend a lot of time differentiating ourselves and talking about what makes us different um, and why that matters in the world mm-hmm. and why that matters in what we're trying to do for North Dakota and for the future of coal and lignite coal. Um, in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great point, too. And I have some of the, just from looking at, so for our first-time listeners, and just as a reminder to our new listeners, if you go to Lignite.com, that is uh, where the Lignite Energy Council, that's our site. So Lignite, L-I-G-N-I-T-E.com. That's our website. It has great resources that we're going to kind of touch on. So you can find tons more information there. Um, And then we also have our Facebook page, the at Lignite Council on Facebook. So I'll share those two at the end. But I just, some of these topics I pulled um, from our site and just from some of the researches, research I was doing. And one of the first things I wanted to ask you about was the affordability of lignite versus other coals. Um, we hear like so many um, words like energy sustainability is being thrown around, especially, you know, on the news and, and within North Dakota and across the country. So what does that mean? What is energy sustainability? Well, you know, I look at the whole question of sustainability as the interaction between the land, the resource, and the people, right? So mm-hmm. um, when you start looking at the big picture, you start to get a different perspective of what does sustainable energy mean. Mm -hmm. And lignite energy is very much a sustainable form of energy. Mm -hmm. It it comes from the land in a way that respects the needs of the people in North Dakota to have uh, a clean, pristine environment. Mm -hmm. Um, We could take that lignite, we convert it into products like electricity. um, And you know what? You could... You can do that at current levels for 800 years. So it's not like we're going to wow. run out of lignite. And that's one yeah. of the things people say, oh, it's, you know, sustainability um, means you're not going to run out of it. Well, we're never going to run out of coal. Uh, oh, we're never going to okay. run out of gas. You're never going to mm-hmm. run out of oil. Those things are sustainable um, really however you want to look at it. And yeah. There's there's coal deeper underground that we just don't have the technology to reach yet, but you know, you figure 100 years from now, uh, Where will we, we might be? have yeah, yeah. might have 2,000 years supply of coal because Man, we'll have so technology cool. to go a little deeper. And but the third part of that is sustainable for the people, uh-huh. um, and it provides the highest standard of living for the greatest number of people in North Dakota. And the whole object is to make people's lives better, to increase their quality of life, to make their lives better. Mm-hmm. And that is something that using lignite, as we currently do, is sustainable for the future. We can do That's this for a very long time. 
Right. And that's so important, especially, you know, just that, that North Dakota mindset and that I think it's not only just the North Dakota mindset, but it's really kind of becoming something that as a nation we are focusing on, you know, the sustainability um, and taking care of our environment. So that's something that translates across the country. Yeah, and it's important, you know, you you want to make sure that you're taking resources in a way that has um, consideration for all those elements, that's considered yeah. for the land, that's not um, taking that resource out in a way that's too fast, but also um, is doing so that in a way that makes people's lives better mm. in the present and in the future. Yeah, really cool. So obviously then using lignite to generate electricity is something that will be sustainable. I mean, it's not something that is just going to happen for the next 60 years and it's done. Like you said, this is something long-term. Yeah, that's, um, it's hard to have people understand the scale of how much coal we actually use in North Dakota. You know, it's tons and tons of it. And so we tell just the simple story, which is we could keep doing what we're doing in -hmm. North Dakota for another 800 years um, Mm -hmm. before we started running into shortages. Wow. But, again, that's not the the real picture because um, as time passes, technology improves. Sure. And what uh, what was hard to recover coal 50 years ago, all of a sudden is easy to recover coal 20 Today. years from now. Yeah. And you're never oh, going to wow. really run out of coal. Hmm. That is so, so cool to think about. So it's something that even in the future, the next generations, this will be something that maybe they're looking back on saying, you know, we couldn't get to that level then, today, but look where we're at now. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So what would you say some of the benefits are of using that lignite then to generate the electricity versus, like, the other resources of wind or solar or natural gas? Well, first off, every source of electricity comes with a set of pros and a set of cons. Yeah. And so as long as we're talking about those sources of electricity, just keep in mind that every one of them comes with its own set of positives mm-hmm. and its own set of negatives. What really stands out to us as a positive for lignite coal here in North Dakota is that it is the cheapest form of electricity for the broadest number of people. It's available mm-hmm. at all times. So wow. we, we can power people's lives in North Dakota. We can improve the quality of their existence mm-hmm. more affordably than we can with any other form of electricity right now. Wow. That is really the bottom line of why is this important to you? Because Mm -hmm. if we didn't have it, your life would not be as good as it is right now. Man, (laughs) that's crazy to think about. I mean, that's something that's so important is the affordability, you know, and we'll talk about that more too, but. And, and, you know, that's not the only, the only benefit, but it's one that everybody feels immediately. Yeah. Some of the other ones are, you know, it's always available. Um, It's not subject to the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it provides thousands of jobs. Um, it really sustains communities in North Dakota in a way that um, just about any other form of electricity does not. I saw um, that somewhere a number of how many jobs it it provides for North Dakotans, and it was like some is it like three thousand jobs in North Dakota? Yeah, you know, three thousand thirty five hundred. Uh, that area is direct jobs. So those are people who out of mine, a power plant, associated industry. So. Um, wow. You know, and then you add on another, 
you know, 10, 11,000 are people who support those industries. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, the people working um, on the, in, inside those buildings doing third-party contracting, whether they're putting in air conditioning ducts, they're yeah. um, doing some electrician work, all that stuff. So all in all, you're looking at the fifth largest industry in North Dakota, 14,000 jobs. Wow. Um, and when it really hits home is those jobs average, say, $75,000, $80,000 a year. Oh, my gosh. And I had no of, idea. Yeah, you think of here's 14,000 jobs. Yeah. So essentially think of everybody who is a student at NDSU, if they yeah. graduated tomorrow and started making $80,000 a year, that's oh my the gosh. impact of the coal industry in North Dakota. Just from an economic standpoint, that's, that is so beneficial. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, it, it's something that, again, these smaller towns in those coal counties, they yeah. are sustained by the coal industry, but I would say – Maybe half of the coal industry works or lives in Bismarck Mandan also. So yeah. even in, you know in Bismarck Mandan, we're you know 40 miles away from the closest power plant, but we're still right. heavily influenced by the coal industry. And then, you know by beyond that, every business in North Dakota benefits from the low cost electricity. So Absolutely. even if you can't draw a line that says, "Hey, my uncle works in the coal mine or my aunt mm-hmm. does this at the power plant." Um, you are still, uh, you know, the, the grocery store owner down the slip down the street is still being helped by the coal industry. Yeah, absolutely. It really does translate and touch so many different people. Um, okay, another question: Where does the electricity go then after the power plants have converted that coal to electricity? Yeah, so you know, you're. you're I'm going to speak in pretty broad terms, but yeah. say forty percent of that or 50% of that is exported outside the state. Okay. So you know, wow. you're, you're exporting a lot of that electricity. And that was a choice, right? That was made, yeah. um, you know, 40 years ago. Uh-huh. We had a completely different set of energy challenges in this country, and, and we were worried about um, an energy shortage. And yeah. I, yeah. So, you you know, states like Minnesota – they mm-hmm. they don't have near the natural resources as far as energy mm-hmm. that we do. And um, choices were made at that time that says, you know what, we can produce electricity in North Dakota a lot more cheaply, a lot more reliably, um, and a lot more um, beneficially than we can mm-hmm. do so in Minnesota. So instead of mm-hmm. mining the coal in Wyoming or yeah. West Virginia and shipping it to Minnesota where we'll burn it. Yeah. How about we mine it, convert it to electricity in North Dakota, and then we'll ship it by power line to where it's needed. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of conceptually to think yeah. about it. You're not putting the coal on the power. You're not putting the coal in a train and shipping it to Minnesota to be turned no. into electricity. You're yeah. shipping it by wire. And so it's the same, you know, the same fuel is powering those lives in Minnesota. So that's the good, you know, that yeah. that's where a lot of that electricity goes. The plus of that is they're getting their electricity cheaper than they would have got had they had to build their own power plants. And, and we'll try to talk about this sometime in the future. But, you know, the downside of that is um, it kind of disengages people from how their electricity is made. Mm-hmm. You know, back when yeah. there was a dairy um you know, like a community dairy where 
you were a lot of people understood where they get their milk, where they get their eggs, where they get their cheese. And yeah. Everything. You yeah. know, as you as as people move farther away from where things are produced, they kind of forget how things are made. So yeah. know, it's great for North Dakota that we make this, all this electricity, but these places where we ship our electricity, sometimes they don't recognize how hard it is for them right. to live their lives the way they want to live them and that it's dependent upon the hard workers in the coal industry here in North Dakota. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. What? So when you say we talked about a little bit about lignite being environmentally compatible too. What is, and taking that means that like the mines, we're not leaving gaping holes in the landscape once we've removed that coal, right? You talk about taking care of the environment and being good stewards of it. So what happens then? Yeah, so great thing about the North Dakota model um, is because we, we mine the coal and then mm-hmm. make electricity right where the coal is mined, the people who live in those communities are the ones involved in the coal industry. So it's in their best interest to take care care of it. Yeah, absolutely. They they don't tolerate um, trashing the environment. No. no. You know, what's really important, um, somebody who didn't like the way we were mining coal, if they don't understand it, you know, you could drive them through the coal mines where we were 25 years ago, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to tell that there had been a, a coal mine there. Really? It's just, I mean, it's literally impossible to tell by looking at an area if it's been mined or if it hasn't been mined. That's how much dedication wow. these mines have toward environmental reclamation. And, you know, and they should have that. Absolutely. Here. It's it's the pride in, in their communities. Yeah. Yeah, and they know these people. A lot of the time, you know, you spend a lot of time in the mines, and what you'll see is uh, I've been on those tours, and you'll have the guy who's, um, you know, working in um, as a mechanic or something, and he'll be like, yeah, that's my my grandfather's land over there. We're mining through it um, six months from now. And so, you know, they know everybody. Sometimes they know whose land that belongs to, yeah. And when they're reclaiming it, they're like, i got to see that person every yeah. Sunday for the next 10 years in church. I'm going to take care of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. That's such a good point. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I have so many questions just because I, I look yeah. at all these statistics and I'm like, okay, so it's, we are, North Dakota is one of 14 clean air states in the country. What does that mean? So basically what that means, the EPA has, um, their clean air guidelines, their clean air regulations, mm-hmm. and for most states, it is extremely difficult or impossible for them to meet those guidelines. And these are guidelines for smog, um, mm-hmm. for particulate matter, you know, for haze and all these things. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you think back to, it, you know, even 20 years ago. You'd read more stories about haze in in California or smog in some of these big cities, right? So, yeah. Um, what that means is being a clean air state that we meet all of the regulations, all of the standards that the EPA sets for clean air. So it uh, just means that, in the eyes of the EPA, yeah. our air tops and exceeds the standards that they have set. Wow. That's so crazy. I mean, that's that's a really cool thing out of only 14 states, yeah. too. So it tells you that can you mine 
coal and make electricity from coal in a way that doesn't impact the air quality? Absolutely, because we're Absolutely. one of the top ten states who in in coal mining, and yeah. our air is as clean, clean. as it is. Absolutely. So coal is obviously then burned to make electricity, and that's where a lot of times I think people think of the that yeah. smog and it's bad for the environment. So how do how do we ensure that the compliance then with the water, air, and land environmental standards? Um, well, number one, it's not expensive or it's not inexpensive, right? Mm-hmm. These power plants. And let me let me back up for just a minute and talk about how we we say we burn coal. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. Um, but that conjures a mind at an image in people's minds of, you know, like. Dirty. Yeah. yeah you'd, you'd see a, a cartoon from the old days where the crane was running on coal and they burned yep. the coal. And, and the black cloud is small. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, what you'd be surprised at, I think, the way the the conversion process works. The coal is pulverized into something that has the consistency of baby powder. And wow. that baby powder is kind of blown into the boiler room, and, and, and that baby powder ignites almost like it was a gas. You know, like if you, when you turn on your barbecue grill yeah. and you light that flame and it poofs, that, uh, that pulverized coal acts that same way. I guess, you know, for people around here, uh, many of uh, these old-time farmers know what yeah. uh, a grain dust fire does, too. It, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's that's the same concept. familiar. Okay. Yep. So that's you're, you're doing this in a very controlled environment. Um, huh. And getting to your question, how do you make sure that the air stays clear? Yeah. Um, you monitor that combustion process. You make sure it's done under the most controlled circumstances possible. And then you capture the particulate matter, you capture the the things that come off of that fire mm-hmm. um, that you don't want to pump in the atmosphere. So, um, you know, again, going back to your barbecue analogy, your barbecue grill analogy, you start that mm-hmm. fire, you close the lid, and you've still got that vent coming out the top of your griller. Well, add a billion dollars worth of infrastructure to that vent and take everything that you don't want out of that air yeah. And that's what we've done at each of our power plants. And, so and that's how it see, stays so clean. Yeah, yeah is it, is there's nothing that's really happening in open air in those things where it's just not monitored. Yeah. You've got this, again, billions of dollars worth of infrastructure goes onto the power plants to take out what is harmful. But also, you know, behind the scenes, you've got these guys. Again, they're they're smart guys. They're making $80,000, $90,000 a year. Yeah, they're monitoring that combustion process, and they're Absolutely. saying, you know, here's um, we need to make it five degrees colder, or we need to make it five mm-hmm. degrees warmer. We need to do this, and and maybe distribute the coal dust differently. They're mm-hmm. constantly searching for ways to get that coal to burn as clean as possible on the mm-hmm. front end, and then when it's um, done being burned, that nothing's going into the atmosphere that would jeopardize that clean air rating that the EPA has given us. Hmm. Wow. And I suppose it's because, too, again, it goes back to taking care of our communities, and that's a lot of times they're local and, you know, from the area. So it's a personal kind of connection to it, too. You want to make sure that it's clean air for your community. Right. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. That's awesome. Okay. 
difference between coal and lignite? I get this question so many different times, and it's I always kind of fumble over my words. But I, I mean, you're the you're the guy that'll say it easiest. So why do we call coal lignite in North Dakota? Isn't it just coal? It is coal. Um, there are there's a type. There are different types of of coal. Okay. Uh, and the types of coal generally refer to how old that coal is, how long it's been in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Lignite's how, more of a, a brown coal too, right? Yeah, so the color of it too. So you pull out a chunk of coal. If you if you walk up to say to somebody and say, tell me about a lump of coal, yeah. they're going to describe something that is quite black, Black. Relatively hard. Really hard. That's what comes to yeah. mind. The lump of coal in your stockings, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and that's kind of your stereotypical piece of coal. Uh-huh. Um, lignite coal isn't like that. It's you describe a lump of lignite coal. It's going to look more brown. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be a lot softer than the t- typical lump of coal. Um, uh-huh. You could break it with your bare hands in some cases. Oh wow! Wow. Um, and if you leave that first lump of coal out on your table, mm-hmm. come back in a week, it's going to look pretty much the same. You leave a lump of lignite coal out on your table for a week, you're going to come back and it's going to look um, rusty. It's going to look crumbly. It's going to look grayer and browner, and the edges are going to be dried up, and it's going to start crumbling away. Really? Uh, and the reason for that is, um, you know, it, it hasn't been underground as long. Oh, okay. It hasn't had time to turn into a rock underground. Huh. Um, so it's got a lot of water in it, too. I was going to say there's more moisture then, right? Yeah, yeah. So as that moisture evaporates, it starts to crumble. Um, and dry so it out. Those, yeah. All of those make it a, a very different type of coal. Yeah. So, you know, you say, why do we call it lignite and not just coal? Because it's different enough from the other forms of coal that yeah. we want to. It, it's different enough that it needs a different term. Um, hmm. That's really why we do it. Interesting. That's really and cool. Part of that, you know, um, it there's a lot less energy in lignite coal than there is in other forms of coal. Really. So, so if you were to burn a ton of lignite coal versus a ton of coal from Wyoming you could probably get two, maybe three times as much energy out of the coal from Wyoming as you could out of the coal from North Dakota. Oh, my Just gosh. Just because, you know, I haven't huh. sat underground enough yet to to, to fossilize, I guess that's yeah. the long term, but just uh, hasn't, yeah. it hasn't baked enough underground, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, um, to turn into that really higher um, energy-containing coal. Interesting. Okay, so it's it is technically coal. It's just so different from what the standard quote yeah. coal is in our mind. Yeah, and you know, worldwide, um, about half of the coal reserves in the world are lignite type of coals. Hmm. Okay. Um, and it's there's some great things about lignite. There's some things about lignite that make it more challenging to turn into electricity. But again, yeah. that's the same thing with um, you go pros and our, cons of everything. Yeah, everything's yeah. got that. If you understand mm-hmm. and are honest about those pros and cons, you're going to be able to make something good out of it. 
Absolutely. So I know in North Dakota, uh, the majority of the power plants really were back in the 70s and 80s, but the the Spirit Wood station close to Jamestown just started, what is it, several years ago or a few years ago? Yeah, it actually started up basically the same year I got here in 2013. Really? Um, okay. So, yeah, it was built before then, but really brought online uh, 2013 to 2014 timeframe. And, yeah, so that's our – It's I don't want to say this um, – I'll say it uh, – more superficially, it's probably one of the newest coal plants in the country. Oh, wow. So then how does it compare then with some of those older ones? Biggest difference that you'd notice with the naked eye, it's a lot smaller. Um, uh, I was thinking bigger for some reason. Yeah. I was thinking since it's new, it would be bigger, so it's smaller. It, it is smaller. Um, huh. it, it burns, a, it produces a lot less electricity. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of first impression. Yeah. I would say, um, more importantly, it was designed differently from the ground up. That these other plants that were designed, built back in the 60s, 70s, they were designed primarily, um, well, not even primarily, they were designed exclusively to take that coal Mm -hmm. and burn it and convert it into electricity, and that's it. Interesting. And so that's how all those engineering choices were made is we had to do one thing well, Burn coal, make electricity, and destroy. Right. Um, Spiritwood was designed to do several different things very efficiently. It was mm-hmm. designed to create electricity very efficiently, but it was also designed to capture the heat that comes off of that combustion process to capture that heat efficiently. Think of your car. Um, you know, in, in the winter, your heater yeah. works really well. Because right. your your car is capturing that heat that comes off your engine and is pumping it into the cabin of your car. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got it. The spiritwood plant works the same way. That coal is burned, they capture the heat, and mm-hmm. then they can send that heat over to, you know, whether it's a malting facility or an ethanol facility. or mm-hmm. And you could do a million different things with um, that heat. It, yeah. It, it, it's a valuable product, and... What you see is in other places, um, industries have to burn natural gas to create heat, and they're buying that Hmm. natural gas. It creates heat or it creates waste. Um, What Spiritwood does is we're creating the heat already as part of this process, and now you can take that heat and we can reduce costs. So So that's a byproduct then of of everything. Yeah. And so it, it really... It was designed from day one to do that um, and just be very efficient. So if you mm-hmm. look, you know, you put it down on paper, um, it's one of our, one of the country's most efficient coal-fired power plants because it was designed to do a couple different things very well and to, mm-hmm. to be a comprehensive integrated energy resource right. instead of just an electricity plant. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's kind of got multiple um, missions or goals, I yeah, guess, if you will. Exactly. Okay. Very much. So do you think that is there plans for another coal-based power plant in North Dakota? And I mean, is that something that is in discussions, or where does that look like for North Dakota? Well, I, I guess I'd answer that by saying, is there going to be another coal-based power plant in North Dakota? I don't know. Is there mm-hmm. going to be another coal-based industrial facility in North Dakota? Absolutely. 
Mm. And will power production be part of its role? Yes. Mm. I I guess what we where the where we are now as an industry is looking at what happened at looking at Spiritwood and Mm -hmm. saying that's probably closer to the future of the way we'll we'll grow the industry than just building another single mission electricity plant. Um, right. And so, yeah, we I think we will be building new coal facilities in North Dakota in the future. What they will look like is probably, um, we don't know exactly what they will look like right now, but they'll be closer in mission to the Spiritwood the spirit than they would yeah. be to the other power plants. Uh, yeah, I suppose so because it's it, we're continually moving that our our industry forward. So obviously yep. it would be similar to that. Yep. Huh. That's so stinking cool. And I mean, it's big for North Dakota too. I mean, to be one of the leaders, especially across the country, that's something that, you know, I know is obviously not an easy thing to do. So it's we're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being a part of the show and, and kind of taking all my questions and answering yeah, them no, a lot more simple, simple than I could have probably explained them to our listeners. So I appreciate your time and, and really look forward to working uh, with you guys, yeah. you know, going forward too. So. Absolutely. Happy to do it anytime. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you. Huh? All right. Bye. Love having you guys on this journey with me. Thanks again for listening. Again, you can listen on our website, Lignite.com. The Lignite Energy Council is a proud sponsor of this podcast. And so we'll have these podcasts on Lignite.com and also on our Facebook page. So the Facebook page of Lignite Energy Council, visit us there, show us some love, um, interact with us, give us some likes. We love to talk to everyone else who's interested in in all things Lignite as well. Um, Look forward to diving in on our next episode.